Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hallelujah. All right, open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Matthew. This morning, I want to talk to you about what was Jesus really like? What was Jesus really like? We know we celebrate the birthday of the Lord Jesus in December. But actually, theologians tell us he was really born probably around September, October-ish. That was probably the, the timetable, but we celebrate it. So the whole month is Jesus' birthday, praise God, which is awesome. So I want to talk to you about what was Jesus really like. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 through 25 says this, Now all this was done that I might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from deep sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took unto him his wife, and he knew her not until she brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, and verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Jesus is the Word with us. Yeah. So every time you read the Word of God, you are actually reading Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you comfortless. Did he not say that? Mm -hmm. He said, I will always be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that right? You know, at moments in time of your life, do you ever feel like you want to give Jesus a hug? Can I see your hand? you ever want to give Jesus a hug? Amen. Well, take your Bible, if you would, please. Put it to your heart. And squeeze the word real good. Jesus, I love you. Oh, man, you're the best. It's kind of hard to grab your cell phone and put it to your heart. Praise God. Amen. This is not the word. Praise God. This is the word. Can you believe it? A pastor that brings his Bible to church. That's the most amazing. That's a miracle. A miracle just took place. Hallelujah. Minister brought his Bible to church. Amen. What was Jesus really like? Well, we know that in John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light. Did He not say that we are the light of the world? We are the soul of the earth? So therefore, how bright is the light within you? I like what John the Baptist said. He said, I must decrease, but He must increase. Did you know that you may be the only Jesus anybody ever sees? The Bible says we are ambassadors. And he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth or in your life as it is in heaven. I'll just tell you this, I love Jesus with all of my heart. If Jesus laid down his life for us, should we not lay down our lives in service to him? The answer is yes. Therefore was a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men men through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received them, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born... Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John bare witness and cried, saying, This was he in whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and his full witness I have received. For grace for grace. For the law was given by Monas, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, that no man has seen God at any time except the only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, which declared him. Jesus is good. Anything and everything that's good in your life comes from the Lord. Say this with me. Say, Jesus good, devil bad. Healing good, sickness bad. Prosperity good, poverty bad. There's the gospel. Shouldn't be any other question. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. He didn't come to give us death. He came to give us life. Life in our finances. Life in our bodies. Life in our relationships. Anything that is dead or dying, it comes from the enemy. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So God is good. He's a good God. The insurance companies may not recommend that he's good, especially when the hurricane happens or destruction. What do they say in the insurance forms? It was an act of God. Well, it's not the God that you and I serve. Come on, hello, somebody. Some people say, some of these prophets say that, you know, they want judgment to come to the United States of America and because America is apostate and it doesn't serve God and all that kind of, and they reject God in the schools and all that kind of stuff. Listen, we're not living in the time of judgment. We're living in the time of grace and mercy. That's the time we're living in. We're living in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked a question I saw on Facebook this morning, is that if someone sins, do you fall from grace or do you enter into grace? And I said this, no, what happens is you've overridden grace and you fall into mercy. That's the answer. Because grace is God's ability to overcome sin. But grace doesn't override people's free will. So when you fall from grace, which gives you the ability to overcome sin, and when you do sin, guess where you fall into? Is mercy. Amen. He's even merciful. Why? Because he is a just judge. Romans says that he is a justifier to them that love him. I love him. So Jesus is good. Creation is good. In Genesis 1.31 it says this, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and there was evening and morning on the sixth day. So even creation was good. Why? Because Jesus is good, and according to the book of John chapter 1, it said there was nothing that was made that was made unless it came through Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? So therefore Jesus is good. If his creation is good, then therefore he is good. He is a good God. And I love him. Isn't it interesting in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38 it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Isn't it interesting in that verse you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good. Amen. Did you know that Jesus would probably not be invited to a lot of churches today? Yeah, he, he flowed in signs and wonders and miracles and healings. He raised the dead. He walked on water. He cast out demons. That's very rare today in a lot of churches. Not this church, but in a lot of churches, that's very rare today. I mean, he got mad at the religious. Brood of vipers, swallow a camel, choke up a gnat, open your mouth, you're full of dead men's bones. How would you like to, be, how would you like to have that? 
Peter's mouthing off on him and all that kind of stuff. And he turns around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. I mean, my God, how would you like to be called Satan by Jesus? That would offend most people today. I can't believe it. You heard that, Pastor? He called me Satan. Oh, my God. Well, don't act like it. Hallelujah. No, Jesus is good. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. Jesus hasn't changed, but the culture of the church has changed. But here's some good news for you. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you change from this culture to the culture of heaven. That's the reason why in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the, the new comes. We are not called to conform to culture. We are called to come and transform the culture. Can you say amen? And when you've been translated from darkness into the light, so therefore you act different, you talk different, you walk different. Why is that? Because the light is on the inside of you. Jesus is on the inside of you. You just got to let it out. That's all I do. I let Jesus out. Amen. And when Jesus is let out, miracles happen. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. That's who Jesus really is. And not only that, there's signs and wonders and miracles. You cannot have the joy without an angel proclaiming, this unto you is great joy. And joy is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. How do you know that? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God cometh out with meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. And you want to know what heaven's like? Let me tell you what heaven's like. It's not meat and drink. It's righteousness, right standing with God, God's ways of doing and being right. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom of God. And he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we just need a little heaven on earth. Can you say Amen. Not only is Jesus good, but He's merciful and He's forgiving. Who can understand the mercy and the forgiveness of God? Come on, hello somebody. Guess what? Jesus never gets offended. He never gets offended. And people cuss His name, they stomp on His name. Did you know that the name of Jesus has caused wars and the name of Jesus has stopped wars? There's all power in the name of Jesus. We have a right to use that name. Did you know that people that aren't even born again use that name and get results? Why? Because God has invested in the name of Jesus. I remember several years ago when we lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we were coming back from a meeting in Oklahoma City, and we were on I-44 heading west to east to Tulsa. And, you know, when you grew up in Florida and you're, you've been living in Oklahoma for couple years, you don't know how to drive in, in black ice. You don't even know what black ice is until you hit it. So we're in this conversion van, me and the two sons, my, John and Josh, and Marie's at home, and we're driving, right, and it's snowing really bad, and all of a sudden we, had, we come up underneath this bridge, and I started to notice there were cars in the middle of the median, and we were probably going about 40, 45 miles an hour, and we came up underneath this bridge, and we hit black ice, and we started doing 360s in the middle of and all I could say was, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all you only have time to say is Jesus as you're on the Batman ride doing 360s in the middle of the, of the interstate. I was screaming Jesus, John was screaming Jesus, and Joshua was like, <laughs> he's just holding on for dear life. 
Most amazing thing happened when we ended up, we nearly tipped the van over and we ended up in the bank on the right-hand side, which is a praise the Lord thing. So my heart's pounding like crazy, and so I called Pastor Marie on the phone and told her, we, I think we're going to be a while, and I said, okay, boys, get the shovel out, we're going to dig ourselves out. And we started digging ourselves out, and all of a sudden, a Ford Ram 150 showed up. Two guys got out, praise God, two guys got pushed off. But the only one that really turns me on is my wife. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. Amen. So all of a sudden, you see what happens with this personality time? I get distracted. I just focus, focus, focus. Oh, focus. All right. Where was I? Okay. There's two guys got out of the Ford 150. <laughs> oh, my gosh. May God help me. All right. So two guys get out of the Ford F-150, right? And they go in the back of the truck and pull this chain out, and they're walking toward me. And they, they, they just kneeled. I said, hi, how are you doing? He said, oh, we're here to help you. I said, okay, great. So they hooked the chain on and all that stuff, and they pulled it, and they said, you know, just push the gas, and we'll pull you out. So they pulled me right out, you know, onto the side of the road and everything. And as they were coming to me, I was going to give them a little tip, you know. And they said, no, no, no. We've just been helping people. And I said, okay, that's cool. They unlocked it, got in the, got in the truck, took off, and then I'm, I'm driving. And as I'm thinking, I'm like, no. No. Here I'm screaming at the top of my lungs on the Batman ride, spinning, Jesus, 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 right? And then two guys show up in an F4-150 and pull us out, and they didn't help anybody else because the tow truck guy was in the median charging people 60 to 80 bucks and pulling people out of the snow, and these two guys just show up. i hmm, huh? Could those guys have been angels? Could they have been? I mean, I began, I start to think. Because the Bible says, be careful who you entertain. You may entertain angels unawares. And I'm like, God likes Ford products? I mean, I'm the... <laughs> I mean, I'm a Dodge guy. I mean, I'm a Chevy guy. I love Ford products. No, Jesus is merciful. He's forgiving. He's a good God. In the book of Romans, chapter 9, verses 15 and 16, it says this. God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I want to show mercy to, and I will have pity on anyone I choose. So God will choose anyone he decides to show mercy to, and his choice does not depend what people want or what they try to do or what they don't do. It's automatic, his mercy. And that's who Jesus really is. He's merciful. He's so merciful, I don't know if you remember the story where there was a woman caught in the act of adultery, right? And all of a sudden, you know, they brought her before the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the wooden seas and the couldn't seas and all the wannabes. Isn't that right? And all of a sudden, they started, tried to trick Jesus and said, Hey, listen, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. What do you say? Moses said if anyone did this, they were to be stoned to death. So Jesus just looked at them and knelt down and he began to write in the sand. And as he was writing, it could have been Arabic, could have been Hebrew, could have been Greek or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, Jesus, what do you got to say about this? So all of a sudden Jesus stands up and he says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I thought that was very interesting. He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. So all of a sudden you hear the rocks begin to drop, drop. Drop, drop, drop. He turns to the woman and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? 
said, there is none, Lord. And then he said something very powerful. He said, neither do I accuse you. Are you ready for this? And because he was without sin, he could have cast the first stone. I wonder what he was writing in the dirt. I have an idea. Where is the dude? <laughs> Takes two to tango. Where's the dude? Jesus is merciful and he's forgiving. He is a good God. In Matthew 1, 23, it says, and I'll read it to you again. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel had bidden him, and took him to his wife, and he knew her not until he brought his firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You see, there is no other name greater than the name of Jesus. The book of Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 says this, Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and things in heaven and things in the earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. That's the reason why I like to bow down. That's the reason why I like to kneel down. Did you know that we lived in Chicago for about six years, and I remember... The Muslims would stop in the middle of city downtown and roll out their mat and, and pray to the east. Why do Christians who serve the living God and a non-living God have a problem kneeling in church? I do not have a problem kneeling in church. I'm just practicing for the day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So I think I better practice now. Praise God. Amen. Because it doesn't matter if you're an atheist. It doesn't matter if you're a Satanist. It doesn't matter if you're a Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist non-denominational, the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. It doesn't matter. So I, I, sorry, please forgive me. I'm not religious. I'm not a religious preacher. I like preaching the word out of the Bible. Precept upon precept. I'm sorry I don't put scriptures on the screen. I think you should bring your Bible. This is your sword. Don't ever go out weaponless. Ever. I always carry my Bible with me. I have it in the truck. I have it with me. Amen. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, there's no other name greater than the name of Jesus. Salvation comes from the name of Jesus. In Romans 10, 9, 10, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart a man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. And John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a great love scripture, but it's also a thou shalt not perish scripture. And Romans 4, 12 says, There is no other name named among men, which men must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father but by Him. So, Oprah, I love you, but there's not more than one way to heaven. Love you. Love you, darling. Love you. And by the way, Oprah, Jesus is not jealous of you. He's jealous over you. I heard Oprah say that there was a preacher that she was sitting and that Jesus was jealous of her. Sister, he made everything, and everything you got is on loan. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
doesn't belong to any human being. He created it for the human being. Hallelujah. The baptism of the Holy Ghost comes from the name of Jesus. In the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, John, John the Baptist truly baptized with water into repentance. Say this, you believe in the one who should come after him. His shoe lest he's unworthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And Acts 1.8 says, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Plant City, Florida. I have some family from Alabama here. I had to throw that in. I had to throw that in there. I had to throw that in there. Roll Tide! Yeah, there we go. I had to throw that in there. Okay. In the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all assembled together in one place, and suddenly a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven tongues as a fire. And it sat on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now when it was noise, a broader multitude came together, every man out of every nation under heaven, Corinthians and Medes and Elamites, and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia, Pamphylia, parts of Libya, about Serene, Crete, and we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. But others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven. Why did Peter have to stand up? Because obviously he was on the floor. Peter standing up with the eleven, senior men of Judea, hearken to my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, says God. If that was the beginning of the last days, you and I are living in the last of the last days. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Upon my handmaidens, upon my men's sermons, I am pouring out of those days of my spirit, and I shall wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor smoke. The blood, fire, vapor smoke. Blood, oh my, it's almost as good as lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. But it's blood, fire, blood, fire, vapor smoke. The blood, the blood of Jesus. The fire, the fire, the Holy Ghost. The vapor smoke is the glory of God, which was visibly seen in the days of old, but now the glory of God dwells on the hearts of living stone. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and God lives on the inside of you. And verse 21 says, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So sometimes you don't even have time to say a sinner's prayer, especially if a semi-tractor trailer truck is traveling at 75 miles an hour. All you got time is, Jesus! And that's it, you're saved. Praise God, amen. Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you only have an opportunity to say, Jesus. Because there's salvation in the name of Jesus. There's baptism of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. There's healing, help, and deliverance. Who is Jesus really like? I'm talking to you about him right now. Who is Jesus really like? And John 14, 12 and through 14 says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask of my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Ask, and you shall have it in my name. In Matthew chapter 10 verses 7 and 8 says this, As you go, preach the kingdom of God in heaven is at hand. He said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you received, freely give. You see, we have a right to use the name of Jesus. In John 16, 23 and 24 says this, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, Whosoever shall ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be made full. You see, we have a right to use that name. The book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says this, Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus everyone should bow. You see, we have a right to use the name against the devil. We have a right to use the name in our prayer petitions. We have a right to use the name in our praise and worship. And we have a right to use the name because that name is 
all authority, and it's been vested in that name. And we've been given that name. You see, the name of Jesus has grown to the point that it fills the whole earth. In Isaiah 6, 2, and 3, it says this, Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And they cried one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. You see, the name of Jesus has many meanings. The name of Jesus means love. It means righteousness. It means civilization. It means invention. It means discovery. It means art. It means literature. It means music. It means health. It means happiness. It means home. It means joy. It means life. It means liberty. It means hope. It means Christmas. And yet, the name means so much more. At the name of Jesus, saints rejoice, but the devil and demons tremble. Jesus knew the place His name would be among men. Men would love His name enough so much to die for it. Others would hate His name so much to curse it and murder over it. Wars have been started and stopped because of the name of Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus! The name of Jesus is so powerful, it heals the sick, it cleanses lepers, it raises the dead, it casts out devils. Freely we receive that name, freely give that name. What was Jesus really like? I wish I could describe him to you today. Maybe these words might have some meaning to you. His love is encompassing. His power is unparalleled. His fame is unmatched. His presence is overwhelming. His authority is absolute. His promises are eternal. His grace is sufficient. His peers are non-existent. His strength never wanes. His word never fails. His mercy never ends. His hands never tire. Time can't slow him. Death can't stop him. Sickness can't touch them. The religious can't stand them. Sinners can't resist them. Fear can't grab them. Man, can I explain who Jesus really is? His dominion is steadfast. His reign is forever. His protection is impenetrable. His feasts are set. His name is the highest. His glory is untouchable. His anointing is priceless. His favor is boundless. His wealth is limitless. The grave is empty. His work is complete. His victory is sure. Let me tell you a little bit more about my Jesus. His blood washes you. His stripes heal you. His cross saves you. His joy strengthens you. His spirit delivers you. His arms uphold you. His kingdom awaits you. Well... Pharaoh tried to ignore him. Goliath tried to ridicule him. The devil tried to tempt him. The soldiers tried to break him. The high priest tried to kill him. The Pharisees tried to challenge him. The Sadducees tried to outwit him. But he is the Alpha and Omega, known as the beginning and the end. He's the bright and morning star. He's the king of righteousness. He is El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. He is the all-sufficient one. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Jehovah Shalom, your peace. Jehovah Rafi, your healer. Jehovah Sikkenu, your banner. He's the only begotten son of the Almighty. He is the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. His name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. 
He was Moses' staff. He was Joshua's captain. He was David's slingshot. He was Samson's strength. He was Noah's architect. He was Daniel's deliverer. Elijah, God who answered by fire. Job's whirlwind. Elisha's mantle. Solomon's wisdom. Esther's beauty. Abraham's promise. Samuel's voice of truth. Herod's greatest fear. Peter's boldness. John's revelation. Paul's transformer. Stephen's great love. Philip's travel agent. Caiaphas's thorn, Egypt's plagues, and Satan's worst nightmare. So what was Jesus really like? Flawless in his character, ingenious in his creativity, incomprehensible in his humility, the ultimate in his intensity, the owner of everything, fascinating in his personality, blazing in his glory, personification of total truth, majestic in his splendor, unquestionable in his sovereignty, absolute in his justice, mysterious in all his ways, yet he is the lover of our soul. He is the one that's coming again. He's coming to get us. He's coming very, very soon. Very soon. I have a picture in my prayer room of a description of the Lord Jesus, and I want to read these things to you. So let me bring it up. I took a picture of it. Jesus shall be called. He's your advocate. He's the Lamb of God. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He's our total judge. He's the Lord of lords, man of sorrows. He's the head of the church. He is our master, faithful and true witness. He's our solid rock. He's our high priest. He's the door. He's living water. He's the bread of life. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the true vine. He is our Messiah. He is our teacher. He's the Holy One. He's the mediator. He's the beloved. He's our branch. He's our carpenter. He's the good shepherd. He's the light of the world. Image of the invisible God. The Word. Chief cornerstone. He's our Savior. He's also our servant, author, and finisher of our faith. He's the Almighty, everlasting Father. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the I Am. He is also the King of kings. He is the Prince of peace. He's the bridegroom coming back for us, His bride. And that is not male and female gender. That's in relationship. We're the bride. We're not female. He's our bridegroom. It's the relationship. It's not the male and female. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the only begotten son. He's Emmanuel. He's the son of man. See, he was the son of man for us. We showed his humanity. But he was the son of God. We showed his deity. He's our day spring. He's the amen that amen. Somebody say amen. amen. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Christians. He is the prophet. He's the redeemer. He's the anchor. He's the bright and morning star. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That is the God that you serve. That's the reason why I'm free. I don't have to impress anybody. The only person I ever want to impress is Jesus. And I don't fear man. What can man do to me? Kill the body? Can't kill my spirit? Because we're all going to stand before the throne of God one day and be held accountable. And we may be asked, who was Jesus to you? This is who He is to me. I do know this. 
that before He comes, He will make all the crooked paths straight. He'll make them all straight. Where are you at with Jesus? What's your relationship with Him? Is it just simple? Is it shallow? Or is it deep and is it intimate? Does religion and tradition and man's made doctrine and denominationalism, has it clouded your relationship with God? The book of Psalms says that he is just, His ear is ever so close to your lips. There's no such thing as hitting a ceiling with God. There's no such thing as God being so far off. No such thing. If He says, I stick closer than any brother, and obviously He doesn't change, come on. Because we know in the book of Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 7, He said, I am the Lord, I change not. I am the Lord, I change not. And if Hebrews 13, 8 says that He's the same yesterday and today and forever. Oh, well, you know, there's Billy Bob. You know, he loves the Lord, but he's just running from God. How can you run from God? God's everywhere. You end up running right into him. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Come on. <laughs> How can you? <laughs> he's like, he's right around the corner. You can't run from him. And if Billy Bob really loved the Lord, he'd be in church. He'd be reading his Bible. Because he says in John 14, 21, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I too will love you. And the only reason why we can love God is because he first loved us. He first loved us. I said to Pastor Marie, I said, this year was a really, really good year except maybe a few hiccups. Amen. And it's just going to get better and better and better and better and better. And President Trump will be reelected. I have no doubt about that. I just pray it's like a landslide. I mean, it's like, I mean, kabam. I mean, just a kabam. To the point that everybody goes, oh, gee, I need to join that team. Can you say amen? I join that team. So who is Jesus to you? Can you honestly say that you're 100% right with God today? Why wouldn't you be after I just read to you all these wonderful things about the Lord? Don't let Satan deceive you into thinking that God is up there with a sledgehammer and every time you mess up, He's hitting you. That is not true. He is a loving, heavenly Father. And if He is, then the real question is, is how much do you love the Lord? I love Him. I love Him to the point that I look forward to tithing and giving offerings. I love Him. I'm like, I can go to church tomorrow. This is the most amazing thing. This is stinking awesome. I go to church, the anointing is going to be there and the presence of God is going to be there and I'm going to receive something. Did you know that sometimes preaching the word of God as a preacher, revelation knowledge will come out and go, man, that was really good. You need to say that again. Because we get ministered, we get ministered too as we're ministering the word. And I, I you know, I, this is one of, this is one, I do this every year, this sermon I do every year. This is, one of, this is one of my crusade sermons that we preach to thousands of people. But I do it every year at Christmas time because the Lord said, I want you to do this every year. I want you to remind them. You know what? And I didn't even know what I was going to minister today until I woke up this morning. Because I'm, I'm in bed and I'm thinking, my God, I got up late. Because I usually get up at like around 4 in the morning or so to go write a sermon for Sunday morning. And then I, I slip it over and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, my God, what am I going to minister? And I ever heard the voice of the Lord. He said, I want you to tell them about me. And he said, and I want, you to, I want you to add some more of this to that. And I was like, okay, that, that's easy. Push the easy button. How often do you get a chance to push the easy button? I was like, that was easy. 
How much do you love the Lord? You love Him. How much do you love Him? We don't ever have to question if God doesn't love us. We may have to go, how much do I love Is my life in His hands to direct wherever He wants to go? Because if He directs your hands, He's not going to lead you down a path of destruction. He's the path of life. He'll give it to you more abundantly. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why people that have been in the Christian, Christianity, they don't love them. I don't, I don't understand. They don't, they don't know God. They don't know who He really is. Because if you really knew who the Lord was, even when you mess up, you'd run to Him anyway. You'd be like the prodigal son. In Luke chapter 15, when that son came back out of, out of the pig pen, what did the father do? He came out. Saw his son from afar off. He told the older boy, listen, go get the fatted calf, man. Bring me my robe. Bring me my ring on the finger. We're going to put a ring. My son was lost, but now he's found. That's how our daddy is in heaven. That when you mess up, he's on the road waiting. And isn't it interesting? He's not running after you to make sure you get it right. He waits till you run after him. Hello, somebody. Because he's not going to have any kind of force or anything like that. We have to choose. Because there's two things that God has given us that He will never take away from all of us in this room. One is the gift of life. We're going to live forever. You're never going to die. You just transfer locations. I'm sorry, you don't get wings either. With a harp like fat babies in heaven. That are... <laughs> you don't. <laughs> sorry, there's no fat babies with wings. I don't care what Michelangelo painted. It's not true. It's not true. You tell that to a Catholic, they get all disappointed. Me, there's no fat, cute babies with wings. No. No. We get to be with the saints. And then there's no excuse when Gabriel comes knocking on your door in your mansion. Praise God. Amen. We're having service. You can't go, I'm sleeping in. I was tired all week. Can't, you can't do it. can't do it. I'm sorry. Then Michael's going to come and get you. And you don't want Michael coming and get you. Got to be careful. Don't get burned out in church. People get burned out working all week long. They don't get burned out in church. They just blame the church for being burned out. Oh, we're going to hit all. We're just going to hit all of them. Praise God. Amen. Hit all the excuses. Boy, it's vacation. I got to go spend time with my family. Come to church first, then go on vacation. Praise God. Amen. Come and get tanked up, especially if you're going to be with your relatives this weekend. Praise God. Come get tanked up. <laughs> Come get tanked up and then go be with them. Praise God. Because you're going to need some life. Praise God. Amen. And more abundantly. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.